Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. And then the horse looks at the camera and says, you're expecting a horse, but you got a coat. Uh, that is commercial. Oh, hi, that's town. This is Nats Nightly, <laughs> sponsored by the District Sports Page and FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols from the District Sports page on the line. After the Nationals drop a 17 decision to the New York Mets, setting up a rubber match tomorrow, Jordan Zimmerman against Noah Syndergaard. We'll see what the Nats can do tomorrow. Let's talk about what they did tonight, Dave. We'll start in the seventh inning for a change, circle back to the pitching. Nationals up 2-1 on the strength of a two-run home run by Wilson Ramos off of Jacob deGrom. Wilmer Flores singles off uh, Joe Ross to start the inning. Kirk Neuenheis sends a chopper to first. Looks like it could be a foul ball. Clint Robinson can't get to it anyway. An error charge on the play as it gets by him and goes in the right field. Second and third, no outs at that point. Matt Williams brings his infield in, baffling the SNY and out team. Kevin Pilecki pops up behind second. Danny Espinosa manages to get back there to get to it in spite of being drawn in. Matt Williams still has the infield drawn in in the next at bat. Eric Campbell comes up. 0-1 uh, Aaron Barrett on at that point for Joe Ross, who is up to just 88 pitches. So we'll talk about pulling Ross at that point. But Eric Campbell comes up, gets an 0-1 slider. Barrett hangs one up for him, lines it to right over the drawn-in infield, drives in two runs, 3-2 to two Mets at that point. They go on to win 7-2. So my questions for you, three of them here in this first part. Was that ball a foul ball? The Mets announcers were wondering why was the infield in at that point. It was second and third, no outs in the inning, and the Nationals up 2-1 to one before the hit. What about Aaron Barrett's pitch there? What do you think about them bringing Joe Ross out and bringing Barrett on there? Attack those three questions any way you want. Uh, well, I'll start with what I think is the easiest, is the um, uh, the foul ball play. I mean, Robinson... Um, tried to play it in front of the bag. It short hopped him. Uh, I think the, um, I honestly think the, the, the home plate umpire didn't see what happened and allowed the first base umpire to make the call, which is why I think Matt Williams went out to talk about it. Um, obviously, the first base umpire doesn't have a good view on that ball anyway since it's in front of him and Robinson is between him and the ball. But um, until we have robot umps, we have to go with who's, who's insistent enough to make the call, and it was the first base umpire in this case. Uh, regardless, it was a hand, hand-fisted play by Robinson there. I mean, that's a play that's uh, fairly routine for um, for a full-time first baseman in the major leagues, and he just butchered it. Um, Ross was uh, victimized twice by poor defense on his behalf tonight, uh, essentially leading to all three of the runs that the Mets scored during uh, the competitive portion of this ball game. Um, as for uh, uh, as for lifting Ross at that point, I mean it, it, it's fairly uh, um, it, it's a fairly defensible play. I mean you've got Aaron Barrett who uh, is a strikeout machine. Um, you've got to think that against Eric Campbell, a guy coming in hitting less than 200, um, is four for his last 80 or whatever the heck it was, um, and has struck out already a half a dozen times against Barrett in his short major league career. That it was the matchup that he wanted. You had the base open. Ross could have walked him. 
um, setting up the force at every play with one out at that point, but they decided to roll the dice that um, that Barrett could get the job done um, and, and throw him a slider off the plate and get him to chase it, and he didn't. He threw him the first slider, got the called strike, and then he hung one in the middle of the plate, and um, and Campbell turned it around and put it in play, and that was really the end of the ball game at that point. Um, as for planting the infield in, um, you know, with no outs and, and runners at second and third, uh, it, it, it's strange. Um, you know, really, if you wanted to with the lead there, um, at that point you could have put a guy on um, to load him up and set up forces at everywhere and bring in Bear, who's either theoretically either going to strike somebody out or throw a ground ball. Um, but they decided to, to go the other way. They got the pop up, and then um, you know, and then the inning just got away with it, got away from them. Everything went a little clown shoes after that. The Mets end up scoring uh, four runs in the ninth. A misplay by a throwing error, I should say, by Matt Dendecker leads to the fourth run scoring. They add a few more there. It gets out of hand, seven to two. But like you said, it was pretty much a decisive point there in the seventh. But Circling back to the start, Joe Ross on the mound. Since we last saw Ross, he's gone three and one with a two one nine ERA, a three eight five tip, twenty four and two thirds innings pitch at Triple A Syracuse, and three starts in the majors in June. Twenty two year old right hander was two and one with a two six six ERA, one oh nine fit, two walks, twenty three Ks and twenty in the third innings pitch, holding hitters to a two forty four, two sixty three, two ninety five line. Nine up and nine down on 29 pitches to start it, but he gives up a run on an RBI single by Wilmer Flores in a 29-pitch fourth inning. Really a decent start by him. Got a little out of hand there at the end with the error, causing him some trouble. He was listed there, but six and third, four hits, three runs, two earned runs, four Ks on the night, 88 pitches, as I mentioned, 59 of them strikes. Uh, Where's the ground ball out? Eight to four, ground out to fly out. Just another solid starting by him. Twenty-two years old, really just looks comfortable out there on the mound. Doesn't get shaken by anything. And his fourth major league start was more of the same. Yeah, it's really kind of amazing that Mike Rizzo insinuated himself into that trade between the Padres and the Tampa Bay Rays and ended up with the two best players that were traded uh, the entire <laughs> deal. I mean, um, Ross is a real deal. He's much like his brother Tyson in San Diego, where um, he can control his fastball. Um, he's got he's got a good slider that uh, projects you to, to get better. Um, his third pitch is still a, a work in motion, so he's really um, you know really kind of going with the fastball slider combo at this point. But um, like you said, a good command. Uh, it didn't walk anybody. He's um, you know he works to all four quadrants and um, and really seems to have uh, a good idea of how he wants to do things and, and then goes about and actually does them. So. Um, it's refreshing to see um, the Nats uh, have this option to them. That, that you know, with uh, um, with Jordan Zimmerman ending up at free agency, and um, they have to they have to start thinking about what they're going to do with Steven Strasburg down the road and, and, and other pitchers. But um, Ross certainly certainly looks at this point like uh, he's a legitimate um, heir to one of the spots in the Nats rotation next season. Yep, you have Lucas Giolito down in the pipe, too, A.J. Cole, a few other options coming up. So, Nationals have some pitching. If they're going to lose these guys, it's going to be tough for fans, myself included, and I'm sure you, but they do have some arms in there to kind of fill in when they do. But speaking of new arms, quickly touch on Abel, Abel, I said it right, De Los Santos made his MLB debut tonight, recorded two outs, a nice live arm, really nice fastball, but an even nicer curveball to get a strikeout for a second out of the inning there. 
came on and made his debut, issued a walk on a questionable uh, uh, ball four that had Matt Williams barking at home plate umpire. Uh, Where is his name? Scrolls down. Mike Muchelinski, whoever he is. Uh, but a nice debut from De Los Santos gets that out of the way, and Nationals look like they have another nice young arm in the bullpen there. Yeah, um, he looked like he was throwing, uh, uh, overthrowing there a little bit to start with. He was uh, kind of choking down on it and, um, you know, throwing 92-93. But then once he got a couple of pitches out of the way, he was, uh, he was throwing 94-95. So, um, yeah, like you said, a good live arm. I thought it was interesting on the 3-2 count to Duda, um, he shook off Wilson Ramos uh, on two different pitches and went with the third pitch. So, uh, and then threw it, um, you know, threw the ball high and inside. Um, Matt Williams can argue with it all he wants to, but it was called a ball. And, uh, you know, hey, hey kid, if you're going to shake off your veteran catcher twice, damn well better throw a strike on the pitch. Maybe <laughs> uh, they're not familiar with each other yet, and that could lead to some uh, disagreement on what to throw there, but I agree with you. Don't shake off Ramos. But he looked good out there anyway. Also good on the mound, Jacob DeGrom. Coming off an impressive out in the All-Star game, three Ks on ten pitches. It was apparently the first player in All-Star game history to do that, which is kind of impressive, giving all the pitchers they've had in there. Nine and six on the year coming into this game, 2-1-4 ERA, 2-6-1 fifth, 21 walks, 112 Ks, and 113 two-thirds innings pitched. Held hitters to a 200-246-284 line over that stretch. 0-2, though, with a 3.97 ERA, four walks, 10 Ks, and 11 and a third, and two starts against the Nats this season. 96-98 with a fastball, a two-seamer in the high 90s, a change-up in the a slider that was hitting 92, which is kind of ridiculous. A nice change-up he mixes in there, too. Four scoreless, but Unil Escobar doubled to start the fifth, scored two outs later, uh, home run, uh, a home run by Ramos, a two-run uh, Opposite field shot by Ramos and put the Nats up 2-1 at that point. But this kid, just, aside from his hair, very impressive out there in the mound. Six innings total, three hits, two earned runs, eight Ks, a one home run allowed, 82 pitches before he was listed when the Mets had an opportunity to score there. But a nice outing from the ground again. Get a damn haircut, you punk. <laughs> yeah, you know, DeGrom's good. I mean, let's uh, let's not mince words here. I mean, it, it, he's... Uh, um, you know, he's got a whole assortment of pitches. Um, obviously, uh, you know, everybody strikes the Nats out, but, but he uh, he did a good job of uh, changing speeds and locations and uh, keeping the Nats off balance except for the one pitch that he hung to Ramos. Um, you know, you look at the Mets and with, with DeGrom and, and Syndergaard and Matt Harvey and, um, uh, shoot, the other one. Wheeler. Who's the other one? <laughs> yeah. Wheeler. Uh, Wheeler um, yeah, exactly. They, um, they, they've got uh, – um, a pretty nice rotation too, but you just have to wonder um, with the way the Mets do things how they're going to end up ruining Degrom and Syndergaard because um, they just <laughs> it seems like every time that they bring up another uh, solid young pitcher, um, something happens that they end up wrecking them. So you hope for their sakes that uh, um, you know you hope for any ball player's sake that they remain healthy. But um, if the Mets can ever find some hitting uh, with the pitching staff that they seem that they're putting together, they could end up being the Nats. Uh, biggest competitor in the division for the next couple of years. Yeah, and I'd throw that, uh, Stephen Matz in that mix, too, the left-hander that came up. I don't recall exactly right. what uh, injury issue he's dealing with, but that's another really impressive arm that they have built up there. And I said a few years ago when Sandy Alderson joined the Mets that I didn't like it because I thought he was actually smart enough to uh, work around the ownership there and build a contender, and they seem to be doing so. As you mentioned, if they can get some offense on that team, they're going to be impressive and 
problems with David Wright certainly hurting them, but they're still hanging around and won a game closer to the Nationals and NL East after the win tonight and one more tomorrow to try to make it closer. So can't laugh at the Mets anymore, unfortunately, even though I found a laughable picture for the front page story of our <laughs> the gun loss tonight with a Mets fan with a bag on his head that says sell the team, which is hilarious, whatever. Uh, Wilson Ramos struggling recently. I joked on Twitter that maybe Cal Ripken Jr. talked to him too and got him going. Entered the game with a 340, 360, 577 line against against the Mets in his career in 44 games. 13 doubles, eight home runs, at nine home runs in 45 games after that two run blast in the fifth. Really just powered one out to right field there over the opposite uh, out of town scoreboard for an opposite field blast. Nice piece of hit in there by Ramos, but. Unfortunately, it was one of the few big hits the Nationals got tonight. Right. And, you know, Ramos is uh, um, really kind of a conundrum here. You know, he's got all that power and, um, you know, very few ballplayers hit them as far as he does when he hits a home run. But he also has just this ridiculously high ground ball rate. So, um, you know, that that contributes to uh, um, the slumps that he gets into when he gets these lengthy slumps because he hits the ball on the ground so often, and he is probably the slowest player of the major leagues, and if not the slowest, one of the slowest. So um, it's, it's it's kind of a really weird combination with Ramos, but uh, nice to see him get a hold of one. DeGrom left one in, in, his, in his quote-unquote power zone. I hate that new graphic, the power zone graphic. Um, but he really put a good swing on it, and I hit the crap out of it. Uh, one more note before we get to our trivia question for the night. Bryce Harper had reached base in 17 straight games coming into this 458 ridiculous OBP over that stretch after he went 0 for 2 with two walks last night, but that stretch ends tonight. Uh, I was also sort of disappointed that Mr. De Los Santos came out with a capital D on his jersey, which kind of ruins my uh, part of my trivia question, but I still found four players in MLB history who have a lowercase d on the back of their jersey. Two of them were in the game tonight. Can you name all four with a lowercase d in Major League history? Oh, geez. Okay, so Den Decker and DeGrom. Yep. There Travis you go. Darno and yep. the last one's Jerry D'Agostino. <laughs> Jerry D'Agostino. <laughs> I do not believe that's the correct answer. <laughs> one more guess. I'll give you a hand. Uh, He's a... He's a brother of one of the players that should qualify. The <laughs> uh, brother of one of the other players? No idea. Chase Darno, Travis's brother. Oh, Chase Darno. That's the four of them. That's all I got for tonight. I'm disappointed by the way this one ended, but at least I got to see Felipe Rivero pitch again. Got to see Abel De Los Santos' MOP debut. Tomorrow we get a nice one, 12.35 afternoon game. Jordan Zimmerman against Noah Syndergaard. And the finale will be my nice uh, first look at Syndergaard. I've watched him some videos and some scouting reports and stuff, but it'll be nice to get a good look at him going into that game. What do you think about Jordan Zimmerman going into the series finale? Uh, I think interrupted it's too me. darn early. It's too darn early. It's going to start at 9.30 a.m. 9.30 a.m. Pacific, and I'll still be asleep. So uh, I'll probably end up missing most, most of the ball game. What are you doing sleeping past 9 o'clock? You're not in college anymore, sir. Nationals 50-42 and 42 on the year after the loss. 7-2 tonight in the nation's capital. Series finale with the Mets tomorrow. 
Let me just check really quickly because uh, my math might be off. Two-game lead in the National League East after the loss tonight, 15-42 on the year. Mets 49 and 45 going into this. Nationals four and six in the last ten. Mets six and four. See if they can take the series tomorrow night. Nats nightly sponsored by District Sports Page and FederalBaseball.com. Talk to you tomorrow, sir. Good night. Okay, says go Nats. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.